0: Welcome back to, to another episode of the Shout at the Devils podcast. I'm Daniel Amoya. I run Devils Report on Instagram, and I'm here alongside Justin Brady, who runs Devils Fanatics. Crazy preseason, to say the least. The Devils won a perfect 7-0-0. First team to do that since, I think, the, was it the 2017-18 Colorado Avalanche?
1: Yeah, 2016-2017 Colorado that's Avalanche. Pretty, that's a pretty crazy stat, 7-0 to go in preseason, even though it means nothing still a big deal see your team finding ways to win games, having top guys step up, having your young guys show what they're worth. I mean, I love it.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing because I've, I've seen mixed emotions about preseason. I know I put a post out myself saying it doesn't really matter. It matters in the sense that there's moral victories to take away. It's great that these guys have chemistry or doing very well together. But in the actual standing sense, I saw some people acting like they just like completed a western canada road trip sweep sweep in the regular season like that's just not the case the last team that did go undefeated in the preseason those abs were not good they were the worst team in the nhl that year by far and obviously the devils are not going to be the worst team in the nhl this year far from it even worst case scenario far from it but there's still many many good signs obviously take it with a grain of salt they still got to perform once opening night comes on thursday but Seven wins in a row is phenomenal. They were clicking on all cylinders and they outscored opponents 30 to 13 in that stretch. Power play, eight for 21, 38.1 percent clicking, and penalty kill, 17 for 19, 89.4 percent. I mean, they, they checked all the boxes. It was really a perfect preseason, every sense, and everyone stayed healthy.
1: I think. The big takeaway from this as a team-wise, power play penalty kill, that's big. The devil's penalty kill was really good last year, but the power play was a little bit of a problem. They were like in the middle of the pack, maybe like lower towards the bottom there. But going 8 for 21 on the power play, that's big, 38.1%. That's really big to say the least. Their power play units that they put out in the preseason when they had their complete lineup out there, they looked unstoppable out there. And even when they weren't scoring goals, they were still creating so many chances, which is great to see. Here the, what is what their power play units looked like when they had a full lineup. Uh, power play unit one: Alexander Holtz, Nico, Timo Meyer, Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton. So Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt are not even on the top power play unit. That's wild. So here's the second power play unit: Tyler Toffoli, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Andre Parla, and Luke Hughes. And I mean, what a complete power play unit of like two units that is. I. Just, I can't wait to see what it looks like come regular season, come Thursday and Friday. And that doesn't even include uh, uh, Eric Hall in that. Like, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, a 100% amazing. I mean, j- just the amount of talent they have. Because if you think about it, like, their power play was still good last year. It was, it was slightly above average, more towards middle of the pack. But yeah. they're adding, possibly if everything goes well, a full season of Alexander Holtz, a full season of Timo Meyer,
1: Tyler Toffoli. And Luke Hughes. And on also top. to add to that, a full season of Andre Pavlov. Yes, I don't know. If, I don't know if you said that. Um, no, I but didn't. He he was not healthy from the majority of the season last year. So
0: having basically five reinforcements to a power play that was already good, not great, is going to make them elite as long as they're healthy and everything's going well. Um, I think having Travis Green, he's had success in the past with Vancouver's power play. He's been on and off. But with this amount of talent, I find it very hard to believe that he won't find success. I just have one issue with the Holtz, Heischer, Meyer, Mercer, and Hamilton unit. And that's that, and we saw this in preseason, they don't have anyone who's great at zone entry. So they have to dump the puck and get it from there. And I could see that becoming a little bit of an issue, possibly maybe want to split up Hughes and Bratt, because obviously those are the two best on the Devils, but they're so dynamic together that it's hard to do so. So, I mean, it it's a good problem to have if that's your worst problem, that your second, quote-unquote, second power play unit has a little bit, uh, has some trouble with getting entries. Like, it happens. If that's the worst, it's not a big deal.
1: No, but... I 100% agree, because... Uh too many times last season I saw the devils dump the puck into the other team zone on a power play. It's like, what the heck are you doing? You're on a power play. Skate the damn puck in. Why are you trying to dump it? And then so many times they would dump it in. The other team would get it out immediately. So I actually do agree with you, Daniel. I think splitting up Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, even though they're so dynamic together, having those two guys to get uh separate to have somebody able to skate that puck in, even maybe putting Luke Hughes on the first power play unit he's another guy who could, I think could skate the puck in very well at a high level. He has a lot of speed, great puck handling. So I would like to see him on maybe on that first power play unit as well. So I 100% agree with you, Dale.
0: Yeah, I'm just taking a step back and listening to this conversation from a Devils perspective. Just look at how these conversations has changed. This is arguably our worst problem right now. Am I wrong? Like there's yeah, there's, nah, there's, it, it, there's um,
1: really not much looking at. The power play and penalty kill is that if that's our worst problem, then <laughs> I'm happy.
0: Yes, but for I mean, the, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt, obviously elite talents in this league. Yes. Oh no, they have to be split up. What are we gonna do? <laughs> now, now they're on two units having success instead of one. Like, it, it's just crazy how things have come from. Are Joey Anderson, Brett Cini, and Igor Yakovlev gonna make the opening night lineup? Like. It's it's really mind-boggling, but good, good for the Devils. want to get into goaltending, speaking of issues, because this is another thing that actually might overtake our dumping-the-puck issue for an actual <laughs> yeah. issue on this team. Um, Vitek, Vanacek, and Akira Schmidt both had great preseasons, and obviously that's a huge thing for the Devils. They both went 3-0-0. Vanacek had a 1.48 goals against average with a 9.37 save percentage, and Schmid, just as good, 2.13 goals against and a 9.20 save percentage. So both great marks, that's what you want to see. And they were doing it against some complete teams. I know the Islanders twice listed complete lineups. Um, The Flyers had close to a complete lineup. When they played the Rangers, they had a complete lineup the second time they played them. So th- that's what you want to see. Obviously, goaltending, especially with VTech, once playoffs came around, got a little shaky. It feels like being a dead horse now, but... Great start for the preseason, and now he's going to have to prove that to everyone. Uh, Schmid was actually a little shaky at times, but he rebounded well. The first Islanders game, he gave up five goals on, I think, 20 shots. Wasn't yeah, great. I think it was like 17 shots even. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. And so coming into the last Islanders game, his preseason save percentage was 877. Bang. Rebounds 30 save shutout against the Islanders A team with the Devils B team playing in front of him. And that moved his save percentage up 43 points. So it just goes to show you how little preseason numbers really mean. Because you have one bad game, it skews it so much. And that's why you can't you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. But still good signs nonetheless. Some talking points. Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, with 9 and 8 points respectively, led the entire NHL in preseason scoring. McDavid was third with 7 points. All three of them played 4 games. I mean, that's phenomenal.
1: Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, like them together on that top line with Tyra Toffoli, that was easily the best line for any NHL team this preseason. And the fact that that is our first or second line, we'll see who the first or second line is come regular season time. But that's a dangerous line. Tyra Toffoli is a guy who can score goals. Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes are your playmakers. So, I mean, I am so excited to see what this line looks like come Thursday night against the Detroit Red Wings. It's going to be dynamic, to say the least.
0: Yeah, 100%. Another player that I think really, really stood out, I was thoroughly impressed, Kevin Ball. He had five points in five games. The offense has really, really ticked up. He looks so much better out there on the ice.
1: He, I, I The fact that we can get some offensive production out of him, I think is a really big deal. I, to be honest, I never thought we would get this out of him, to be honest. But if we can get it out of him, that's a big plus because I think he's a really good defensive player already, good physical. Um, so if we can get some offensive ability out of him, he had a beautiful snipe against the Islanders in that last preseason game. If we get more of that, some more playmaking ability from him, guys 6'6, six, 6'7, six, six, that's going to be a dangerous force for NHL teams that have to deal with.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like You you don't need him to be putting up a point per game like he did in the preseason, but just chipping in from time to time. He has a cannon of a slap shot. We've known that. It's just a matter of being able to consistently produce, and now that he's going to get consistent ice time, I think he's fully earned top four minutes with John Marino on a pairing now, and we're going to get into that a little later, but he he really looks great. Um, not just me; multiple people in the Devils organization have openly said that Kevin Ball is the most improved skater over the off season, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But it, I mean, he's essentially Ryan Graves' replacement. But I think that Ball's ceiling, yeah, Ball's ceiling is higher than Graves is. In all honesty,
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: And just especially if he's able to start throwing throwing the body, I mean, he had twice in the preseason he had like textbook old-time hockey hits that you're just like wow like you have not seen that out of a devil's player in quite some time
1: since 2003 scott stevens
0: yeah exactly and i mean he he's literally that's why they call him wrecking ball on twitter because uh the the first hit the flyers game which i was at Um, he literally just a freight train, Wade Allison had his head down and ball just (laughs) destroyed him. And we we've we know he has the size. We know he has the ability. He did it in juniors. It was just a matter of transitioning that over. And I think he's definitely doing that. He showed that in the playoffs. He showed that in the preseason. And really, it makes other teams fearful when he's on the ice. And that could play a bigger role than people realize. So I, I know it's something our game's kind of going away from, but I still think it's a very valuable asset to the team. So Kevin Ball in all facets, phenomenal. Definitely. 100% agreed. Um. So another one who we just found out he got cut today, but Simone Nemitz had four points in four games. He looked much, much, much improved. And I don't think it's far fetched to say, even though he's starting in Utica, which Lindy said that he wants him to be able to get a lot of ice time playing all situations, stuff like that. I I understand. I don't know how you feel, Justin, but I think that worst case, I don't think he's very far from the NHL. He's definitely knocking on its door for sure. He had a great camp.
1: I'm going to say for what I think about the situation of him getting sent down to Utica in a moment when we get into that topic. But to talk about his play, his offensive ability showed big time. Um, We drafted him second overall for offense to be able to move the puck um, to your top guys and to get, to get some defensive ability there. His decision-making is still not the best in my opinion. I think he made some bad decisions. Um, I think one time me and Daniel were sitting in a suite. <laughs> yeah. And- I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it was a devil's Islanders game at home at the Prudential center. And then. Lou Hughes and Simone Nemich were on the same pairing. I'm like, oh, this can't this is gonna go bad. And then like the first play, Simone Nemich passes it right to the Islanders player and they almost score. So I mean, Nemich still has a lot of growing to do in his game, especially defensively, but his offense ability has shown big time. And it's gonna be very soon when he gets t- called up to the NHL. I could see it being midseason. Um he had that great shorthanded goal against the Islanders in that last preseason game on a breakaway against Ilya Sorokin. So I, I like Nemech's game, and it's only going to get better from here, but I am really disappointed he got sent down, but I'll get into that later on.
0: Yeah, and, uh, more defensemen. Luke Hughes and John Marino both had three points in four games. Um, Luke had one goal. John Marino had two, I believe. Um, Luke had some growing pains for sure, but we know that's going to happen. We've talked about it before. Devils fans have to get used to it. Um, that That's just the reality of it. Um, Marino, just what you'd expect from him. He's great, right, right shot defenseman who just gets the job done so steady. He was able to chip in for offense as well, but the Devils don't even necessarily need him to if other guys are chipping in. So he, but he was great. You know, you're going to get out of him and he's going to be such a crucial piece for the Devils.
1: Yeah. Marino looks like the complete defenseman for the Devils. Uh, He's definitely going to be in the top four pairing come this season. Um, I love Marino and Luke Hughes. Yeah, he still has some growing to do defensively, especially, but his offensive game is definitely there and he's going to be a vital part for this power play and this team overall going into this season.
0: Yeah. So uh, one more note here from preseason, Mikey McLeod looked really, really good. He was especially on the penalty kill. He gave me shades of Blake Coleman in his in we his did devil's that, prime. We do that a lot on here. We, we do. Um, he, high praise. Yeah, It like deeking like he's Connor McDavid like I don't know what got into him but since he scored that game 7 goal he has looked phenomenal the entire hurricane series i'd argue is one of our best players and really? this entire preseason he looks so much more i really think it's a confidence thing cuz he always had the speed and now he's kind of putting all together with the hands and hockey iq he's really becoming i think the perfect fourth liner i think any team would love to have him on their fourth line. On On most teams, their third line, really. Third. That, that's just the depth that the Devils have right now. And he's arguably the best face-off guy in the league to go with that. So I've been super, super impressed with what he brings to the table. And that's really, really exciting.
1: Yeah, it's about time. I feel like he's always been a little scared to show his offensive ability. And now he seems like a whole new player, so much more confidence. He's able to move the puck. He's not afraid some dangle, make moves, use his speed finally, shoot the puck. I love it. I love what I'm seeing from McLeod. Complete player, great faceoff. Man, great on the penalty kill. He's going to be, be such a great player. 40 points at least this season. Bold prediction right there. Wow. Woo. I wow. I, I don't know if I agree with you there. I love you. It's going to happen. We, we, we'll come back to this that, someday. That's a
0: wild take.
1: But... Can I make another bold prediction while we're at it? Just Go really quick. It. Go for it. Vitek Vanchuk, and Akira Schmidt will be a top ten goaltending duo this season.
0: All right, th- that that I could somewhat more understand. McLeod forty points is that that's something else. But regardless, he's filling a very important role on this team. I I could see maybe thirty. I I could give you thirty. Forty. Not, not 40, forty. Forty. It's outrageous. Forty. We'll see what happens. But um. Anyway, so opening night around the corner now Thursday. And we have an idea of what the lines are going to look like. To Foley, Hughes, and Brett, dynamite first line, one of the best in the league. Meyer, Heisher, Holtz, or Meyer, Heisher, Mercer. It could go either way. Yes. H- Holtz and Mercer can be interchanged. But the bottom line is they're going to have talent on that line. Hopefully we know we've, we've talked about Holtz. A lot of this feels like just beating a dead horse because it's really the only thing Holtz and Nemitz were basically the two main talking points all preseason, but this is Alexander Holtz's time to shine period. I think he's going to be on a fairly short leash, leash, but enough to where the devils can give him a legitimate chance and not treat him poorly. Like they did last season with the healthy scratching him every game, putting him on the fourth line, like, I'm sorry, that just can't happen. They need to give him a shot, for better or worse, and let him prove himself. So, it, it, it's time. No messing around now.
1: Yeah, that's all I could ask for. I said it last episode. Give Alexander Holtz a chance. That's what they're doing. He proved it in the preseason that he deserves to be on this team. Give him the chance and see how he does. So, with that,
0: Palat, Holla, and either Holtz or Mercer will be a third line, which... As a third line, that's outrageous because all three of those players are top six players on probably 90% of teams.
1: The, that top nine is the best in the league by far, in my opinion at
0: least. Uh, it, it's definitely up there. I, I can't necessarily argue with that. There would be a couple teams that might be close, but it, it's definitely setting it's setting itself away from the pack. And then you have our fourth line. It's going to be sick McLeod, and either Bastion or Lazar or Tierney. Um, people need to stop sleeping on Chris Tierney while I'm at that. This is a guy that scored, I believe, 48 points a few years ago, um, had 17 goals as well and just had concussions, other injuries, and was never a, especially after COVID was never able to fully get back in stride, but he looked, he didn't get on the score sheet this preseason, but he looked really good. He was fast making great defensive decisions. I believe he could kill penalties as well um to have guys like this just as depth sitting in the press box as a worst case scenario those are guys who could end up being surprised people who end up helping you win a championship or win a big game like these moves cannot be understated and Chris Tierney is exactly that quality NHL depth so you're not calling up a guy like say Chase DeLeo or uh, AJ Greer is okay or all, all all, these Utica guys, you know, who haven't really ever proven yeah. themselves in the NHL. Yeah.
1: Yep, definitely. Now, I like having Tierney as a deaf guy. Lazar, I think he had a really strong preseason. Agreed. Um, Especially on the defensive-wise, I think he's a strong defensive player. Um, And we'll see if Nader gets that fourth-line spot. I think McLeod and Nosek are locked into that fourth line right now. Yeah. I think it's a toss-up for, is it going to be Bastion, Lazar, or Tierney? So we'll see what happens opening night. Um, and You want to get into the defense real quick?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think we basically know top pairing, Segenthaler and Hamilton. And I think with the way that ball played, it's got to be Ball and Marino. They're a shut-down pairing, and they both showed this preseason that they can chip in offensively. But the big question is with the third pairing, because Luke Hughes is going to be there. And it looks like it's either going to be Brendan Smith, who great guy, not a great player, in my opinion. I, I thought his preseason, which he even admitted he he was getting frustrated at times because his speed just wasn't there and he was making some poor decisions. I'm pretty sure he took a penalty, at least one penalty in almost every game I watched him Um, or Colin Miller, who I thought was a lock the whole way. And then. He did not have a great preseason. People are writing him off already. Some people thought he'd go on waivers when the guy just has to, he hasn't even been given a chance to be acclimated. So I'm personally not high on Brendan Smith whatsoever. I know you aren't either, Justin.
1: I I posted on my story a couple of days ago. If Brendan Smith makes a team over Simone Nemich, I'm going to be annoyed. And guess what I am right now? I'm annoyed. I don't get it. It makes no sense. All right, at least I could understand if Colin Miller... Is in the bottom pairing come Thursday night. But I we all know it. We all know it's going to be Brendan Smith. Let's be honest. This team loves Brendan Smith for no reason. I hate being negative. I'm not that type of person. But Brendan Smith is not a good hockey player. He hurts the team more than he helps the team. He takes dumb penalties, makes dumb decisions. Yes, he's a veteran. Great. That's all he is to this team. I don't want him on this team. And if he's in that bottom pairing with Luke Hughes, how is Luke Hughes going to develop his game or get better as a player? It's not. I don't – a big thing I will say, Luke Hughes cannot be in the bottom pairing come Thursday night. Put Kevin Ball in that bottom pairing. Even though he doesn't deserve it, Luke Hughes needs to be with a guy who can help develop his game, help him become a stronger player, both offensively and defensively, and that's John Marino. Put Kevin Ball in that bottom pairing with Colin Miller. Or if you have to, if you want to, Brendan Smith, I guess. But (laughs) I just, I can't stand it. Yeah, I don't know. That's really all I have to say. I'm disappointed Nemec didn't make this team. I felt like he deserved it. But I understand why he's not on this team yet. But it is what it is. What are you going to do?
0: See, I I disagree with you there in the sense that I think Luke should be on the third pairing because then he gets easier matchups. He could ease his way in because we know he's going to have bad turnovers. We know that's a part of it. However... I think it should be Colin Miller with him, a guy who was top five on the stars and plus minus last year. And you can't write him off after a couple preseason games. I don't think it should be Brendan Smith. Um, I think Miller is much more suited to compliment Luke, but we'll see opening night Thursday. It's real. It's happening. It, it feels like we were just talking about the devil's getting eliminated. And we were like, I remember you saying, well, only five more months, Daniel, and I'm look at run. that. It
1: now flew, we're here.
0: It flew by. Hockey's back. Devils are back. Thursday night at The Rock, the game will be on ESPN Plus nationally televised.
1: And we will see what happens. So any last words? Nah, I'm just super pumped. Let's get this thing started. Let's start 1-0. Let's actually start 2-0 because they're going to play back-to-back games at home against the Coyotes as well. So let's get this thing started. Devils win Thursday and Friday night. Back to the games. Let's go Devils, baby. I will see. Peace. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to Shout at the Devils by your hosts, Justin Brady and Daniel Amoya. As always, let's go Devils, baby. Woo!